You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 17th of June. The Jazz with a disheartening loss to the Clippers. They still haven't figured out the answers to what to do against the way the Clippers are playing them. Plus, two or three plays that make you go, huh? We'll talk about it. Jazz, fall to the Clippers. Coming up, it's Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan today. So the way to make you, uh, uh, making it better to be a Jazz fan today would be to tell you it's going to be okay. We're going to come back and win the series. And uh, what happened last night was unusual. I do think there's a level where they played fabulously the Clippers were great uh Paul George was out of this world and you get a you know you kind of can do that for a night uh when you lose your star player and then eventually that wears out on you now uh there are a bunch of things going on in this series where the Jazz just don't have answers and if we go back to yesterday's show where I did the entire show and then had to redo the entire show because Kawhi Leonard was out frankly the first show I did which was the last segment is a better was a better show um, because I talked about you know where the jazz basically the concept that the Clippers have figured out how to play the jazz without Mike Conley and the jazz have yet to really figure out how to play a team that knows how to play them without Mike Conley without Mike Conley that during the regular season we survived without Mike Conley because you're playing these single games. No one really has time to repair. They have completely got the answer on how to play us. They are accentuating all of our weaknesses, have eliminated most of our strengths, and I, I don't have answers. I will rewatch the game today on the plane to L.A., and I'll have a podcast for you tomorrow with that intention of trying to find what's going on. Um, I've got some analysis. I've got some analytics. I've got some fandom in me tonight, today, um, where I, they're just, you know, some frustration that probably matches yours, and uh, I'm not going to hide from that. I try not to do that, uh, but I probably care enough on on this series and, and how disheartening that loss was. Um, I, you know, generally, I thought we brought it. Generally, Donovan is clearly not right, um, you know, said as much afterwards. We are missing Mike. They're missing Kawhi. Um, they're, they're not, like I said this on the show yesterday, you know, Paul George is tremendous. Marcus Morris averaged seven, 19 points a game in New York is the number one option. Reggie Jackson averaged 19.6 points a game in Detroit is the number one option. Luke Kennard averaged 16.5 points a game in Detroit is the number one option. They weren't lacking offensive firepower last night. They were lacking one of the five best players in the world, which made them the best team in the Western Conference, I think, throughout the whole season, um, whenever they engaged, and they showed that in Game 4 particularly. Uh, but they they weren't lacking firepower, and Morris and Jackson and Kennard cherished that opportunity last night to show what they can do and how they can play, and that was evident. And they were great. Reggie Jackson, who kind of had this funky career where he goes to Oklahoma City, then 
becomes malcontent because he wants more time and doesn't fit into Oklahoma City's like appropriate decorum for how he's supposed to act as a player. And they send him to Detroit and Kevin Durant badmouths him on his way out the door. And he, he was terrific. Dropped 22. Marcus Morris Sr., who the Clippers gave up a ton for at the trade deadline. Two first-round picks. And um, it was everything they ever traded for. 25 points and was as unguardable as Paul George last night. And Paul George was awesome. He was awesome. He was the best player on the floor by a mile. Um, so, you know, I didn't think we played, I think Rudy's right. We didn't, uh, feel like we had the sense of urgency for us. Definitely at the beginning of the game. I'll dig into that in a second. Uh, they are doing things to us that we simply don't have answers for. Um, I'll try to give you some answers today and tomorrow. And then, you know, we're not right. Donovan is the key to everything right now. And we're not right. So let's, let's delve in. Let's try to understand what's going on a little bit. That'll be the kind of analysis part of me. I'll share some analytics, and then I'll. there's some fan in me that's going to come out every now and then. Hopefully, you'll be able to decipher the difference. Um, but really, they're switching offensively, and they're trapping offensively. So they're trapping Donovan. Anytime we try to get Reggie Jackson or someone into the pick and roll, Luke Kennard, they just... The other guy we bring to the to the play, they just trap Donovan. And we don't have the personnel right now to get through that on the trap. That's that's probably the biggest problem. The the play that jumps out to me the most last night was the way I think you break that trap is you flash someone to the middle of the floor. And when you flash someone because they've brought two, then you catch the ball in the middle of the floor and then you've got a four on three and you should be able to to, to beat people. And we flash Royce to the middle of the floor who's not a natural ball handler. He's terrific in so many ways. He was the fearless player early in the game. And he travels. We flash the ball to Rudy in the middle of the floor. It's not a good answer. Like Rudy at 16 feet. We're not winning a playoff series with Rudy in the ball at 16 feet the whole time. We flash to play to Joe in the middle of the floor. At one point, I thought we kind of had stepped on something and then as that was the answer, and then that kind of disappeared a little bit as the night went on. Um, so, you know, that's the first one. Is That's where Mike Conley flashes to the middle. And I, I don't want to just like rest on this. Like everyone's missing a star. We seem to be missing a star and having a particular matchup that accentuates us missing that, that star even more. Um, so... Th- they, that flashes them to the middle. Mike Conley could make a play there at four on three. We, we just, George Niang, who's done some ball handling for us, just has no chance to make a play right now. Um, Joe, his box score line was fine last night. The fan in me was not in love with Joe's performance last night. 12.6 rebounds, six assists, pretty hard to complain about. I'll see when I rewatch the film, whether I... What I saw in the game is accurate. Um, So we just don't have that. It's kind of, you know. And then from a switching standpoint, so what happens when you switch is you really eliminate the pick and roll. So when you switch, you can run the pick and roll, but they're switching it. Rudy's not available. Our guards are not being able to get downhill. This is somewhat because Donovan's not healthy. But you're really, if they switch it well, which they did not do in game two, they they had just the worst switches in game two. And in, to their credit, 
Their defensive switching has gotten much better. They did. This is not, you know, the daunting moment of pregame prep for me or pre-series prep for me was when I realized that they had switched the fifth most of any team in the NBA. This is not something they're uncomfortable with. It's just something they didn't do well earlier. So what are we great at? We're the second best team in the league with a pick and roll ball handler. We're the third best team with a pick and roll man gets it. And we're the third best team on the spot up. That's where we're great. What they've done is eliminated the pick and roll by switching. In other words, if you come off a pick, you don't have an advantage because their guy just steps forward and guards you. Their their starting of Terrence Mann maintained the fact that they were interchangeable. And their one weak defensive player on the floor is Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. And every time we brought a double, we tried to go after those guys, they actually doubled it. And the minute we got late in the clock, they doubled. Pretty impressive. So when you switch... The other thing you're able to do is hang on to all of the shooters. And so then our ball movement stops. And we really played a lot in the, late in the clock. We ended up with 30 isolation plays last night. We had 230 passes last night. We actually got out and ran just a lot of opportunities, but unsuccessfully. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. We had 21 isolations last night. We ran eight times successfully, but not more than that. We went back to our pick and roll that was fine when we could. The problem is when they're switching and then we don't get the spot up, we go into isolation. We're 25th in the league in efficiency in isolation. Our isolation game last night was so bad. I don't know the numbers on it. I, I don't remember us ever scoring. Like, if we scored... On a one-on-one isolation drive last night, I don't remember it. So it can't have been more than three or four. Because I just don't remember. I do not remember a single time where we went isolation and beat anyone. This is actually not stunning. If you look at what our player... this We're not good at this. So Donovan is, and he's on a bad ankle and doesn't seem to be able to have that. But Donovan's in the 77th percentile, according to Synergy, on isolation. Jordan Clarkson's not a good isolation player. Jordan Clarkson suits 37.5% on isolation plays. He's in the 36th percentile. Boyan, for the season, in isolation, shot 9 of 45. 9 of 45 for 20%. Joe Ingles can't beat his man one-on-one. He He was in isolation like 14 times for the entire season in 70 games. Like he's good at it when he does it because like if he actually beats someone that's so they may, you know, it's just like, right. You do it so rarely that, okay. Um, and, and Royce O'Neal was in isolation twice all season long. Like it's not his game. He has no wiggle. So when they switch and we get caught in isolation, which inevitably you do. And our one guy was good as Donovan that we're in trouble to the credit of our coaching staff. Somehow we're still running 90 picks a game and we're actually really good in that. We're not actually having terrible offensive games. Our offensive rating last night was like a 119. We shot the crap out of it. I mean, the first half we were 17 to 30 from three, we got a million threes. Our shot distribution was really good last night. We're not getting to the rim a great deal, but we got 14 corner threes. We hit a ton of shots. For the night, we shot 38% from three. I know we went cold in the second half, but we were 17-30 in the first half. 
So to the coach's credit, somehow we're getting 92 pick and rolls, 93 pick and rolls. We're actually getting somehow running enough picks that we're getting action off the pick and roll against a team that's switching virtually everything. And anytime they don't switch, we've crushed them. Like I th- the synergy, someone published the numbers, which I'm assuming were second spectrum numbers that they switched 52 picks last night. I'm certain we were below a point of possession. They, anytime they did anything else, we crushed them. That's what we're good at. We're still good at all the things we're good at. They're just, they've utterly forced us out of those things. And there's really no way to force them back into it until you start beating them in isolation. And we don't have the personnel to do that. The bigger concern is what is possibly is why we can't stop them at all defensively. So, I know you want me to give you an answer. The The one answer I would say that's really positive, by the way, and I'll, and I'll watch this on the film to try to figure this out and I'll have this for you tomorrow, is that our, our pick and roll is still actually working. Like, stunningly, us setting picks, I don't know whether it's small, small picks, whether it's Rudy Gobert picks or what, is somehow still getting us a lot of offense, whether it's off-the-bounce threes, um, whether it's drives and kicks, but our pick and roll game is still getting us a lot of action. It's just when we don't get that, we get in isolation. And I think whenever they trap us, we're really, we're really scuffling. And I'll chart those things um, for you tomorrow and see, and see what I can find. Today's show is brought to you by your friends at Grip Six Belt. Ron Boone's all fired up. He got his Grip Six Belt. Uh, and we so we took care of him. He has not had his cod yet. That's an off season thing, but he got his grip six belt. So you can be, you can be happy for Ron. Uh, Father's day is this weekend. Um, grip six has been running a bunch of really cool promotions, uh, going on for, for father's day. And I believe that is still on right now on this Wednesday with the, with the code Papa pop, pop, P A P P Y Pappy Poppy Poppy How are you? Twenty five. You get twenty five percent off the men's classic pack, the socks, the honeycomb belt, the wallet builder, all those various great deals. The belts are amazing. Gripsix.com, where you have the uh, engineered without holes, flaps, or bulk. They're the belt that I wear at all times, uh, in every occasion, as I've kind of mixed and matched um, my b- buckles and my straps to become. Uh, my go-to belt in all circumstances. It's grip6.com. Go check it out. Ron Boone's fired up. And if Ron Boone thinks it's cool, you should think it's cool too because frankly, Ron, you can't can't teach the cool that is Ron Boone. Today's show is brought to you by the Michelob Ultra Moment. The Michelob at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay the ultimate moment. It's got to be Boyan Bogdanovich seven for seven on threes in the first quarter. He was just incredible. The uh, Michelob Ultra bringing you joy, happiness, and enjoyment. With 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, joy creates success. Enjoyment is not the end game. It's the whole game. And the threes of Boyan Bogdanovich brought us the joy, happiness, and enjoyment that we hoped was going to carry us through the night. 
And that is our hashtag ultra moment of the game brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Boyan Bogdanovich going seven of seven for threes early in the ballgame. They missed his next six, unfortunately, and still was shooting 50%, which is fabulous. It is the ultra moments with a hashtag ultra moment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carb- carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game. So defensively, the Clippers are good. But defensively, we have had our worst game of the year, our third worst game of the year, and now our eighth game worst game of the year. In the last three games, the Clippers' offensive rating, which for the season we were like a 107 defensive team, or at least a little better than that coming into this, were 139, 125, and 123. Now they shot it really well last night. Again, Second time in the series that they've shot it above the norm by a considerable amount. This one less than the other one. But, we sh- but they shot it really, really well last night. They took 50% of their shots from threes. And they're, they have got us flustered with their small lineup. And first off, Paul George was just great. Like, he was, he was great. Like, he attacked. He played hard. He made a bunch of shots. He made a bunch of unusual shots. He shot well above what he would expect. Marcus Morris was great. Their their three stars had fabulous games. Maybe games that they can't actually anticipate that they're going to have again. That's a little bit of our hope here, is that that can't happen. They brought the pick and roll game back a little bit. They generally had felt like they had abandoned it. They brought it back a little bit in this game and actually had some more success with it. But their isolation game is really a problem for us. They're just setting up, going one-on-one, driving to the basket, not all the time, but a lot of time. They kick, they, Rudy's out on the floor, and they kick out to a spot-up shooter, and they're the best spot-up shooting team in the league. And even without Kawhi. And what's interesting, if you look at our isolation defense, Rudy's great. Joe Ingles was great during the season. I don't have a feeling he's been great in the playoffs. But they've eliminated Rudy a little bit from this. Or when they engage Rudy, then they kick to a wide open shooter. With five guys wide, if they beat you off a dribble, your defense is now collapsing and has the maximum amount of area it has to get back to cover someone. And, you know, Rudy's the be- one of the best isolation players in the league. Royce having guarded number one players at all times is, is comes out as only average, probably because he's guarding averages. Boyan doesn't come out great. Niang actually came out pretty well this year. Clarkson came out pretty well, and Joe came out fabulously. And Donovan doesn't come out well, great with his ankle. And Mike Conley actually is comes out fabulously. It The matchups in this last night felt as though the Jazz did not have particular answers to what what was being brought to them. And Royce has got to be wearing down. I mean, he matched up last night with Paul George at just an incredible amount of possessions. Uh, and, you know, I think guarded him for, the official numbers was for 35 possessions last night. 67% of the time, he guarded him last night. And Paul George is 6'8", and Royce O'Neal is 6'4", and it's beginning to show. 
Now, Paul George committed three turnovers. He went five of nine from the field. He didn't really like to attack Rudy. He went three of six. He hit a three, he hit a fadeaway. Um, the minute Favors was in the game, he just went right to the basket and scored on top of him twice when he got switched on Donovan. Donovan's not mobile enough to be able to get him. Marcus Morris had his way with Boyan Bogdanovich. His way. Six of eight from the field on him. Two of two from three. And Boyan's closeouts were bad. Like, there's the fan of me. They're bad. There were three plays early in the game that I thought were as bad a play as I've seen by any Jazz player. Like, all year. And I'll touch on them. And that's a little bit of maybe what Rudy's talking about with lack of sense of urgency. And then Reggie Jackson kept getting Rudy switched in isolation, which is actually usually something Rudy does pretty well. And Jackson only went two of five on those possessions and 0 of three from three. But my, my was stunned when I saw those numbers because it felt to me as though Reggie Jackson got those matchups and just caused us huge problems. But maybe not. But when he got, statistically, when he got Donovan Mitchell, Reggie Jackson had his way. So defensively, we have just shown no signs. And let's go back to what we do, what makes us great defensively. Defensively, we're the number one team, number two team in the league defending spot-up threes usually. We're the number three team in the league on the pick-and-roll man. And we're pretty good on the pick-and-roll ball handler. But we're kind of willing to give you that mid-range pull-up jumper on the pick-and-roll if we have to. And we're usually great on isolation because Rudy hangs out in the middle and they don't get isolation. They have blown up all the things we're super good at. And again, you've got to have Rudy at the rim. Like, that's who we are. But the minute they're playing five out and you bring Rudy in the rim, they're taking 50% of their shots as threes and they are seemingly feel like they're wide open. And their catch-and-shoot, this is a great catch-and-shoot team. During the regular season, the Clippers were the number one catch-and-shoot team taking 25 a game at 43%. In the series, they're not getting... In Sorry, let me check right here. In the series... They're not getting more than they usually get. They're getting 21 a game. So we've reduced that down. They're hitting right on their number at 43%. In the last three games, when they've won, surprisingly, they're down to 19%, but they've hit an inordinate 51% of their catch-and-shoot threes over the last three games. Okay, that doesn't feel sustainable. Let's hope that sustainability falls apart. We've actually got 25 catch-and-shoot threes a game, which is good for us. We're off our number a little bit. We're at 37%, but it's not crazy. There, the other aspect of it is, like, while they don't have Kawhi Leonard, they're good. They are still good. It is, they still have Marcus Morris Sr., who averaged 19 points a game at one point in time, and Boyan did not, could not handle him last night. Reggie Jackson averaged 19 points a game at one point in his career in Detroit, and Donovan Mitchell, limited, could not handle him last night, and they made enough, they got us. And that's, you know, and then they didn't get, like, out. Terrence Mann made a bunch of plays, good, you know, Nicholas Batum went three of six and three, which is really good. Like, that's what he's done his whole career. 
And other than that, they didn't. It's not like they got some awesome off the bounce X factor. I mean, we got nothing from our bench. Favors played six minutes. Oni played four. Niang played nine. Poor George is having just a miserable series. It just looks like it's too fast. And so we rode our starters like everyone wanted. Still didn't get it done. All right, bunch of other notes. A little fandom frustration going to come out here in a second. As the Jazz last night fall to the Clippers. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure that pointless, seemingly intimidating, questioning, and what experience? Do it online at rockauto.com. Save time and save money using Rock Auto. You can choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store if you want to, but there seems to be no reason to do that. A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 from a chain store. It's 216 at Rock Auto. A family business serving do-it-yourself customers for 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy website today and find the solutions for auto parts and make sure you write Locked On, the How Do You Hear About Us section. It's Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, let's go to BetOnline.ag and check out the lines. Wow, how they have twisted and turned, and people have been able to get on the right side of stuff. Tonight, Milwaukee is a six-point favorite over Brooklyn. Philadelphia is a three-point favorite in Atlanta. Utah is a two-point favorite in L.A. to beat the Clippers. How about that? This show doesn't feel like that. Maybe I'm being a Debbie Downer. Phoenix, the odds to win an NBA championship are now Brooklyn plus 145, Phoenix plus 225, Clippers plus 700, Jazz plus 700, Milwaukee plus 800. Can you short things? Odds for the next Boston Celtic head coach, the top five are Chauncey Billups, Kara Lawson, M.A. Udoka, Jason Kidd, and Sam Cassell. The top five coaches for the Pelicans are M.A. Udoka, Jacques Vaughn, Teresa Weatherspoon, Jason Kidd, or Charles Lee. The top five for the Washington Wizards are Wes Unsell Jr., Terry Stotts, Jason Kidd, Becky Hammond, Emma Udoka. And the Knicks are the favorite for the next team for Dame Lillard. And the 2021 NBA Finals, excuse me, NBA Finals MVP, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, then Giannis Adetokounmpo are the most likely to bet to win NBA Finals MVP. It's all at betonline.ag. Plus, you can play all Major League Baseball. You can play the European Soccer Championships, horse racing, all the rest. Betonline.ag. Promo code LOCKEDON gets you 50%. Welcome bonus. I might be wrong on this one, but I don't think so. Um, I thought we just opened the game terribly with just awful plays. Um, And it's just a little, maybe I'm overplaying this. This is the fan of me. Um, But Donovan Mitchell drives the basket. He's got three guys wide open. And... 
doesn't find any of them and I think ends up turning it over. Like, the just either it was completely a case of like blind vision or, I mean, Donovan drove the right side of the floor. He's triple teamed. Royce hasn't spaced great, but he's wide open. Boyan's wide open. And Donovan tries to throw a cross-court pass to Joe Ingles through three guys, and it's intercepted. It had no chance. Like, honestly, it's like the worst read I've like seen Donovan make all year. Drives right. Three guys are on him. The Clippers have totally screwed this possession up. Royce could space differently to be more available. Boyan is standing in line with Paul George, like to defend Donovan for a second. The pass to Joe Ingles in the corner has no chance. Like, again, like, I don't want to over, like, this isn't why we lost the game, but to me it's, like, symbolic of, like, we just weren't quite there. The next possession, I think this is the one, Paul, uh, this, I don't think this is going to be it. Paul George drives. Kicks out to Morris. Yeah, this is the one. Rotates to Reggie Jackson. Rudy Gobert's in the middle of the paint. Boyan Bogdanovich is sticking on Paul George, but not really guarding him. The pass to Jackson goes to the ground. Boyan and Red and Rudy Gobert are both standing in the paint. Paul George is walking out of the paint. Boyan's just standing there. Just standing there. And Nicholas Batum is sitting in the corner. Joe Ingles has obviously rotated to the next guy. And Boyan does not break until Nicholas Batum has the ball. It's the worst closeout I've seen all season. Like, I, again, like, I'm not trying to be, like, this overly dramatic. Boyan does a nice job of cutting off Paul George's play. Rudy gets back in the play. So now we're in a scramble. But, like, it's not a hard rotation here. Royce gets out to the ball at the top. Joe rotates to Reggie Jackson. Frankly, he's a step late on that. And Boyan should rotate out, and he didn't. Like, Joe... Joe actually gets really lucky in that Reggie Jackson dro- drops the pass to him, has to bobble, and then Joe comes out in like this gangly, bizarre closeout that gets rid of the ball, and Boyan never rotates behind him. Like, it's actually a bad play by Joe and by Boyan. And then Joe Ingles doesn't go after a ball. Like, to me, this was the most, like, Rudy Gobert makes a not very good pass to Joe Ingles. And Joe's like frustrated by it to the point where he doesn't run into the backcourt to go get the ball. And they get a layup. Like, it's incredible. So Ingles has it on the right side, gives it to Royce. They reset Gobert. And he throws a quick touch pass to to Joe. And Batum puts a finger on it. And Joe has got a straight line to the ball. Terrence Mann's on the right side. And Terrence and Donovan's there and Terrence Mann beats him a step and Joe doesn't run after the ball and Terrence Mann beats him for a layup the other way this all happened by 9.32 in the first quarter okay maybe over dramatic maybe just a little but like really in the first 3 minutes and 30 seconds of the game I literally saw a play out of three guys that I've watched all year long and like that's just not who they are? Like, how did that happen? Like, right? Like, 
I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I don't have an answer for that. Other than maybe that goes away. Like maybe, maybe that's why we win game six is because that goes away. I thought some of, our, some of our guys' body language was just horrendous. There was a play where we didn't run a play right and one of our guys literally just put his hands up in the air like, oh, what am I going to do about this? Like, feel woe is me. Like, just weird. So that kind of stuff's got to go away. Ten live ball turnovers have to go away. I thought Royce was amazing. Um, Boyan obviously was incredible offensively. Did not think he had a particularly good defensive night. And Rudy's been negated. You know, I'm the president of Rudy Gobert Island, but let's be honest. Like, he's not having a defensive impact on this series. And Paul George, to his credit, who is really not good when Rudy Gobert's been on the floor, has kind of begun to figure it out a little bit. So there's some analytics there's some analysis and a close with some fandom of frustration. I will watch the game today on the airplane. I will hopefully have some analysis for you tomorrow that's more uplifting than this to explain how we're winning game six, bringing it back home for a Sunday afternoon game and rocking the house to win and come back. This has been Locked On Jazz. Locked On Today is your daily podcast for all of the news of the sports world, getting a quick rundown of everything going on, check it out on your Google, any of your podcast providers, or tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Podcast Locked On Today.